The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Well, I'm glad I was I was one of those fans that didn't get worried or freak out <laughs> or think, man, this is a recruiting lull. Things aren't going good. They're going just fine. They're going just fine after the news we learned about yesterday. You know, Dave, about all we did fail to do on Friday in the conversation was just spell out the word. Yeah. We, we should have gone full Aaron Rodgers with it. Relax. Just relax. Everything's going to be fine. And then whammy. What a wham burger that was. Welcome to the game. We got the whole crew here. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G, Travion Berkland wearing a uh, shirt I have not seen yet. It's a Lionel Richie Tour shirt. Pretty dope. I don't think I've ever seen anybody wear that in my life. I've never seen a Lionel Richie tour shirt. I have another one that says hello on the back. Ooh. Shouldn't, that be, shouldn't it say yeah, goodbye? I, I was going like, to say, yeah, <laughs> the hello should be on the front. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start with Travion because, first of all, I just ordered my Doobie Brother tickets for Wednesday night in Kansas City. Ooh. I mean, they were on my top 10 list of shows I want to see this summer. It'll be show number three of my goal of 10. I'm trying to get to before the first K-State football game rolls around. Wow. Travion last night was uh, at Azura Amphitheater. Mm. Bonner Springs noticed Sandstone. So give us the uh, the breakdown. How was Weezer slash Modest Mouse slash whoever else was there? Mama. Mama opened. They were really good. They sounded like the Breeders and Hole had a baby. It was really cool. I thought they were really cool. Interesting. And then Modest Mouse, I don't. I only know one song, so it was kind of like, oh, yeah. Oh, Float On. Yeah, that rules. Okay. Sure, it got a big pop. Yeah, yeah it pop did. Pop the boys. It did. Did they play a song called Drama Mean? Did they? I like really don't slow. recall. I You'd have to look at the song. set list. They're so cool. Um, And then Weezer was awesome. Like I sang the whole time because I did, they didn't do any songs I didn't know, so that was pretty cool. Nice. I'm a pretty I'm a pretty big Weezer fan, so it was just really. Travion is like awesome. a deep track Weezer fan. When he hears a radio hit come on, he's like, "This song again." Can we get through Beverly Hills so I can hear something good? Uh, DG, they opened with that song. Really? <laughs> I love that song. I don't know jack about Modest Mouse. Oh. They are, the, of course, everybody knows Float On. That one is an, an iconic. Yeah, it's a classic. It's, it's a really classic. great song. Uh, they are fantastic. Modest they were really good. And there was a guy playing the bucket. And I was like, that guy is rocking the bucket. <laughs> That's something I, I've been to a, a lot of concerts. I've never seen anybody play a bucket. I've seen, of course, I've seen Slipknot a couple of times. So I've seen kegs. kegs right. Yeah. That's about as bizarre as it's. it's that- it's got for me. That guy wasn't in the band. They were just like, Modest Mouse is just like, whatever, man. That's cool. He yeah. was just like the sound effects guy. He had like a little, he had shakers at one point. He was doing the shakers and then sticks. Like maracas? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, not like even maracas, but just like Sugar cans packets? of something. I don't know. <laughs> a yeah. mason jar full of like. Random know, stuff. Yeah. Black eyed peas. <laughs> that would, if, if there was any band that would just allow a guy to do that on the, on the side, it's Modest Mouse. Those guys yeah. are like, cool. 
Yeah, sounds great, man. But then they stopped the song and they were like, we need more bucket. Someone in the crowd screamed that. It was pretty funny. Right on. <laughs> they probably got a kick out of that. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Sloan was telling me, though, that uh, it at times sounded like that the uh, audio was a bit compressed. I was in the front row, so I did I not did notice the thing. Front okay. row. Yeah. yeah. See, I got there super duper early, and I had pit, so I was like right in front, baby. Last time I was front row for a concert was Ghost, and they played a show. It was just them for like two hours at, at the Midland. Right on. Front row, I got there early. I had a great spot right there, and uh, they start playing, and I'm like, man, I'm not really – I'm just hearing the inst- – I'm like hearing the drums and not a whole lot else. <laughs> the, 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 the sound was just – it was going directly behind me. I wasn't in a good spot for the speakers. I was too close. So I backed it up. I let somebody else have my front row spot. Ooh. So I was close enough. You know, I, yeah, yeah. Close is cool. It's whatever. Sure. I don't need to be that close. Sure. It's like wrestling. And I don't need front row seats. Yeah. I, I just need to be a few rows off the floor, and I'm good. Dude. Those just, are the best best seats. Sloan is the kind of guy that would make a statement like, <laughs> I went to the concert, and he, the sound sounded yeah. compressed. He is a sound <laughs> snob. Um, that I, the, I Man. I want to shove him. That's how. That's how <laughs> geeky that statement is. You did see the note on Metallica's concert the other evening that uh, could be heard from 15 miles away. No. Wow. Thursday night in the UK outdoor festival. Wow. 288 speakers. Ooh. Ah. <laughs> I mean, it sounds. It's Metallica. I, I, you know, sounds about right. Yeah. Plus, I'm sure the crowd is old enough now. They need the sound cranked up so they can hear it. They're too used to their. Ears being blown out at every uh, metal show. I can't hear a thing. Two hundred eighty-eight speakers later. Sounds good. It's a little compressed. Oh my god. Oh, man, what? So, what is uh, Travion? What's next on the uh, the concert calendar for you? I don't have anything for the rest of this month. What is well, my first weird. one in July? We need to find you a concert. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, man, is there anybody else looking for a concert buddy for this month? I saw you missed out because last night as well in Kansas City was Bare Naked Ladies, Semisonic. Semisonic would have been cool. I like them. Not so much Bare Naked Ladies. Closing but. time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but that where, where was that at? Starlight. Ooh, we... What a fantastic spot to see a show. Starlight Theater. Yeah, yeah. I haven't gotten tickets yet, but I'd like to see Tears for Fears at the Starlight Theater. <laughs> I don't know about Tears for Fears as a headliner, though. Come on. I mean, I love you know a handful of those songs, but I don't know if it's like a headline slash sell out this building. For, for some of us uh, first waivers, it is. Thank you. <laughs> they can stick up two random dudes up there. I'm like, yeah, Tears for Fears. <laughs> I have no That's idea. the thing. Nobody you know, Nobody knows. Don't right? know what they look like, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, that's good. Who, who's opening for them? I have no idea. What stinks Striper? about <laughs> Striper? Man, Tom talk about Tom a band Club. I talk okay, about a band I don't see, like. There you go. Tom Tom Club would work. I love them. They're awesome. <laughs> Might as well get Dawkin up there. You're gonna bring Striper out. Dude, I saw Dawkin. Really? I went to a concert outside of a um a casino in Iowa, and it was like Brett Michaels, okay. Cinderella. That'd be and awesome. The opener was Dawkins, and Dawkins like six to seven hundred years old. <laughs> and he <laughs> they all are. Was like it was just just one guy, and he's like, "Are you ready? You ready to rock?" And I was like, "Yeah." And they they have like Dawkins has a really Breaking famous uh huh the one from the uh, the. Uh, 
Freddy Krueger movie. And so he they played that. He played a couple others. Dream Warriors. Like, yeah, Dream yeah, Warriors. Yeah. And then he was like, I'm out of here. I love, <laughs> well, like, I'm not a big Dawkins fan at all, but I love Into the Fire. Dude. That song rules. Yeah. yeah. They, like, really, because um, I love to listen to people, like, I don't, like, uh, the band, if there's five bands, and there's one I don't know, I love to listen to a lot of their stuff on the way up there. Right. Listen to Dawkins, and I was like, uh, these guys, like, record scratch, these guys are kind of rad, yeah, man. Yeah, Like, really, for real. Cold War Kids is your opening act for Tears for Fears. Ooh. Okay. I don't know anything about Cold I don't know War anything Kids. about I love them those either. guys. What do they sing? Smart Alec. Um, <laughs> everybody celebrate. Yeah, something like that. You know? Yeah. You know and then they go, uh, Remember those I guys? Mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. honestly, you look at the picture and, you know, it looks like it could be the Doobie Brothers. <laughs> well, Michael- or it looks like Steely Dan. <laughs> so- <laughs> Well, Wednesday night, I'm pretty pumped that Michael McDonald will be with the Doobie Brothers. No but way. But Tom Johnston, unfortunately, had, like, some sort of surgery, so he's not on this part of the tour. But, I mean, they could find definitely a different vocalist to, to do his part and still Living sound good. I looked him up earlier, and they said, a show like a week ago, and they sounded pretty good. So I'm pumped about that. <laughs> that is... That does sound really good. It's a really cool show. Yeah, I, that's uh, good for you. Michael man. McDonald is very underappreciated anymore. And he's still got it. Yeah. It, for sure, he'll always still got it. That guy, man. And then when I I found out too late in life that, um, like that song "Keep Forgetting" oh. is the backtrack for regulators. Like, right, right. I really didn't know that. Um, also, I think Doobie Brothers. My favorite Doobie Brothers song is not a Michael McDonald front one. "Long Train Running" is like my yeah. favorite song. Man, I love that song. Oh, oh Black Water. That's probably mine. Ooh, yeah, that's good. Former number one song. All right, guys, uh, let's get to the big. By the way, did you have anything you wanted to say about your weekend? Heck yeah. We didn't do nothing, baby. Good it was for you. Awesome. Troy? Uh, loaded up on Hereford House the other evening again. Nice Kansas City strip steak and the uh, fixins. Was nice. A, was a good Saturday and, night. And of course, nice. you like your steak prepared at what temperature? Medium rare. Attaboy. Mm hmm. Uh, Sunday, my parents celebrated their 35th anniversary. Hey, Took them out to dinner here in town. Good. A nice uh, upper-class expensive dinner. Very nice. So, And sister and I took care of it. Just kind of a, I don't know, it was maybe kind of a flex a little bit to pay for the dinner. Yeah, of And course. at the same time, it's like, you guys have bought us so much stuff, like hundreds of thousands of dollars and stuff. Hey, how about a couple hundred bucks towards your meal? <laughs> you know, and drinks. Of course, you had to have drinks in there as well. But you got it like that, man. I mean, come on. You're the, you know, I mean. Come on. I, as I like to say, I'm now like making the getting steak at Chipotle meal or, uh, money. <laughs> Whoa. So did you have to avoid doing that for like a week maybe? Or? Yeah, I had to save up for a couple of weeks. <laughs> right. Right. Don't go out to eat. Yeah. Oh, only fill up my tank half full. Dang, <laughs> mom and dad this is pretty special. What news? Uh, or amazing news that broke on uh, on Sunday morning. I actually woke up to the news because it was a long Saturday night. Did some karaoke at the Wamigo uh, bowling alley. Right on. The news is that Creighton transfer Arthur Kaluma has picked Kansas State. He takes one of the three spots remaining when it comes to scholarship offers of the 13 available. And after, it felt like a pretty quick, like, you know, Friday, maybe Saturday visit. I think also at the same time, like, the coaching staff was doing, like, a father-son camp at the training facility. 
Well, at the same time, author Kaluma comes to visit K-State. He likes the Cats right away. Almost basically commits on the spot. I don't know how it went down. I just kind of see it that way. And he's decided to be a K-State Wildcat. 6'7", Ford. He's a combo Ford. He'll play the three. He'll play the four for you. And, um, boy, I tell you what, a, a lot of things impress me about the guy. But a couple of things. After K-State, he was planning to visit Kentucky mm-hmm. and Alabama. He told those two, take a hike. Mm-hmm. I'm bleeding purple. Mm-hmm. Already like him just for that. Because, you know what, K-State's taken a couple of hits this mm-hmm. uh, recruiting period of guys that maybe were supposed to come. Well, they visit one place, they like what they saw, decide not to come, and that's it. Sure, That's all she wrote. Uh, not the case for Arthur Kaluma. He came here first, liked what he saw, told the other guys to take a hike. Another L for Kentucky against K-State. I like it. John Calipari may be a Hall of Fame coach. Yeah. But he doesn't have a single dub against Kansas State. Nah. Continues to lose. Keeps losing. So a couple of boxes are checked here mm-hmm. with Arthur Kaluma coming to Kansas State. Coach Tang in the portal wanted to get experienced guys. Well, he's played in 68 games. It's not exactly the 90 that he dropped at the end of the regular or at the end of the uh, of the season after the NCAA tournament loss in the Elite Eight. But 68 games collegially. He also played representing the country of Uganda internationally in multiple tournaments. As a matter of fact, at the FIBA World Cup, at the African qualifiers, he was averaging 22.5 points, 5.5 rebounds in a couple of games for where he is originally from. He grew up in Glendale, Arizona. He was in the NBA draft process. He was at the NBA Combine working out for teams. Now, I think with some inconsistencies this previous year with Creighton, where he was a preseason second team, uh, all Big East team player, had some inconsistencies, but definitely had his moments this past year. I think he has played his best basketball in post, like post regular season play, NCAA tournament play, is where we've seen Arthur Kaluma play his best ball. But he was a top 100 guy for ESPN's NBA draft rankings. He decides to take his name out at the deadline, and he was already into the transfer portal anyway. He was expecting to leave Creighton, even if he didn't keep his name in the NBA draft process. Well, this past season for Creighton, 12.6 rebounds per game. He shot just 31% from three-point range, but that was a couple of percentage spots improved from his freshman year. And since day one at Creighton, he has started all but one game. For the Blue Jays. Wow. For Coach McDermott. So, and he's also playing 29 to 30 minutes a game. And that's, I think, another important box that's getting checked here. He is experienced, and since day one, he is used to having a little bit of pressure on his shoulders. Day one, freshman, uh, and it was a couple of years ago, I think his collegiate career got started a little bit late because of a knee injury. But once he got playing, he was ready to start. He was ready to go. And by the way, Creighton was an Elite Eight team just a year ago. They lost by one point to San Diego State to go to the Final Four in Houston. Last second shot, no less. Yeah, last second Literally. shot. A great game. A super good game. And in those four NCAA tournament games, he's scoring in double figures. He is rebounding the ball. His best game ever 
was against the Kansas Jayhawks in the NCAA tournament as a freshman, 24 points and 12 rebounds. Now, when we come back, I want to get to, of course, you know, there's argument like, is he a top 20 portal guy or whatever? You know, yes, he is. He is a top 20. I think there's enough services out there that say he is a top 20 portal guy, which gives K-State two players out of the portal now with Tyler Perry ranked in the top 20. And if you look at ESPN, K-State is the only team in the country with two players top 20 when it comes to the transfer portal. My likes about his game, things to work on after watching a lot of film on this kid today. That is coming up next. It is the game on K-Man. Mitch Fortner alongside Troy Coverdale, David G, and Travion Berkland. The phone number is 785-537-1350. Want to continue the discussion about the new commit for K-State men's basketball. He is player scholarship player number 11 for the upcoming squad with two scholarships now available. He commits after his weekend visit to the Little Apple. Arthur Kaluma, and I... I've been really slowing down when I say his name because I'm trying not to say Arthur Brown. Mm. It's, I feel like it's going to slip out at some point. I'm going to say Arthur Brown. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Uh, but, I mean, earlier today when I was searching for Arthur Kaluma, I typed in Arthur Brown. And I was like, <laughs> so it's probably going to slip up and it's going to happen. But certainly made headlines, national headlines, uh, that Arthur Kaluma is going to be coming to Kansas State. And what is, you know, a reload year, of course, uh, with a number of seniors obviously leaving. Keontae Johnson, who announced uh, during uh, his interview after working out with the Golden State Warriors that his plan all along was to, if he was cleared after his, uh, you know, medical evaluations or whatever by the NBA, once he was cleared, he was going to stay in the NBA draft process. And he is right now looked to be a second round draft pick. Well, Arthur Kaluma, last year heading into, uh, or you know, two years ago heading into last season, might have been a first round draft pick, maybe, or maybe was considered to be a first round draft pick if he had a solid twenty two twenty three. His draft stock did drop a little bit, uh, with a few inconsistencies throughout his season. Even though his stats across the board improved. Now, I want to get to my likes and some things I see that we're going to need to see some improvement. But just just as a player, just watching from his film, his athleticism, he is a gifted guy. I mean, to me, he is body ready for the NBA. He's 6'7", he's got a wingspan of 7 foot, great agility. He is... He is a Ford that likes to slash to the rim and his athleticism to get all the way to the hoop and score. And sometimes those are some awkward buckets and he'll make him go in. Mm-hmm. He is a solid player from three point line to the bucket. And he's going to go get you some points. Now, with that being said, he also wants to have an outside game. I would imagine that some of the feedback he got from the NBA guys is about developing the long-range game. Because sometimes, and even mid-range, and I thought he was a little bit awkward in some of his mid-range game as well because like his, his foot placement was kind of weird, and sometimes he'd like try to spin out of danger, and then he's getting his leg all tangled up, and it looks like he's in a jigsaw trap, <laughs> and he tries to shoot out of it, and that, you, you don't want to see that. But also, his long-range game, to give you what he did last year, 26.5% from three. And he would shoot about three a game. That's not a good... 
That's not a good percentage. But he turned 26.5 to 31.1 the following year, shooting just about as many times as he did the previous year. That's a pretty big improvement. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, what, 4.5% improvement? or uh, Yeah, something like that, 4.5% just about improvement from three-point range. That's a pretty solid improvement. If you could do that again this junior year, that would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. That would be an awesome, solid number from Arthur Kaluma from three-point range. He wants to shoot the three. He's a spot-up shooter from the wing. He loves to shoot from the wing. But just need to see the percentages go up. I'm sure that's exactly what the NBA guys want to see out of him. Probably also need to see improvement defensively. And I was reading a report um, that an NBA like draft site was reporting on, and this was a comment they said from an actual scout, and that is on the defensive side of the floor, he has some struggle with keeping up with guys on the uh, around the perimeter. Maybe like a guard-like player and keeping up with them to the hoop. He, he tends to get beat and try to stay in front of them. Around the hoop, he's a lot better. So if it's closer to the hoop, he's better. As you get further away, maybe not as strong. But I know this drum tang, and I know how he likes to operate, and he likes to get in transition and attack. It, it, just on the offensive side in general, loves to attack. Attacking with Arthur Kaluma is going to be there. He's going to be an attacker. He's going to be really hard to stop. He's not the easiest to guard. He likes to pump fake as well, get guys in the air, and then blast to the hoop. He's made guys look silly in the past. In transition, I think, is where he's really fun to watch because he is a highlight dunker. And I think he's going to become a fan favorite sooner rather than later because of how good he is in transition. And watching these Creighton highlights, it seems like he is the go-to guy not a passer, he's the guy they go to to score in these transition opportunities because he is easy to find and he finishes. And does he love to throw it down? He loves to throw it down. He's had a couple of those alley-oop one-handed dunks that Keontae Johnson used to throw in there once in a while. He's had a lot of those uh, looks in the last couple of years as well. Now, Troy mentioned this during the break that – Really where he's looked at right now is in 2024, he's still looking to be an NBA draft pick. But he wants to, of course, bring that stock up, and he wants to improve his NBA game, what the scouts want him to work on. Probably a big reason why he saw K-State as a great fit. Because the things he needs to work on, Coach Tang and company are going to be the guys to help him improve. Because, I mean, like, who should I bring up for an example? Like Cam Carter, like... I know he's not an NBA guy, but the opportunity he got became a starter and the improvements that he made in some areas were, were pretty key. I mean, I, I, I doubt you could find a whole lot of guys that didn't improve from their previous stops, the ones that transferred in and didn't improve. They probably improved when they got here to K-State. I would imagine, without even looking at the numbers, I'm sure most of them were – Naquan Tomlin, another example. Naquan Tomlin, uh, I think his numbers were improved. You know, his three-point shooting wasn't the best, but he improved. Mm-hmm. So this is the place to come if you want to improve. And I mean, Coach Tang already has a two or three NBA guys out of his first year. I'm just looking at the amount of length that K-State's forwards are going to have. Threes and fours are going to be long mm-hmm. when you add Kaluna to this mix. Six seven and Tomlin six ten playing the four or playing the five just of course depends. 
But Kaluma is a guy that can play those either the three or the four. But he he definitely wants to improve his his wing presence, be a, just a better shooter from distance. The jump shot is something that has to improve. But when he gets close to the rim, he can make some move. He, he's he's athletic. He's not Naquan Tomlin athletic. I mean, that guy jumps out of the gym. Kaluma's not going to jump out of the gym. But neither did Keontae Johnson. He didn't jump out of the gym either. But he could go make some plays. So you know, Kaluma to me, he's not an All American type. Could it be all Big 12 type of player? I would hope so. But he's not an All-American. But he is a very solid fit. I think the way he plays, where he wants to improve, it's a pretty comfortable fit. It's a good fit for K-State. If there's somewhere you would want to go to go through the boot camp of how do I become an exceptional, athletic, good shooting wing, versatile as well, it's Kansas State University. This is where this kid's going to thrive. And they're going to show him the way of the defense-first mentality. And they're going to say, shoot it. Go ahead. Let's do it. Let's go. Do it. Do it. Whereas I think, for as far as Alabama goes, I don't know if you've noticed what they've done as far as recruiting goes, but he probably would have got buried on the in that roster. They, they're, they're, they look great. Kentucky, I mean, the guys just I, – I really don't know how much coaching there is going on there. Right here, right now, the perfect time for him to be a K-State Wildcat. I can't wait to see this young man get some proper coaching and get the, and start to learn on defense and learn about, like, oh, boy, this can be a catalyst for whatever I want to do, especially in transition. Get a guy warmed up like that on transition and then let him shoot. Oh, boy, I can't wait. And like Troy said, we're just going to throw – Six, seven, six, eight people at you all every day, every game. I cannot wait. So there's one more thing I want to bring up. I haven't even brought it up yet. I've been saving it for last, and I think this is where he makes his biggest impact right away, and that's rebounding. Mm. And I think this is going to be a key part of when you're taking this Arthur Kaluma and replacing Keontae Johnson. I think this is where he fits in right away in replacing Keontae's production, and that's rebounding because he's a six or seven rebound a game type of player mm. he, he does a great job of boxing out plus he wants to get those put back points he'll do it on the offensive side as well you know and, and on the offensive side it's about one and a half or two rebounds a game you know it's not tops in the country by any means but he's going to help mm-hmm. and he's going to be a key part as in a Keontae like Keontae Johnson we didn't have on the floor K-State had some struggles with rebounding that was a key thing that was missing from the Cats when Keontae would get in foul trouble. We saw it in the Florida Atlantic game Goodbye. in the Elite Eight. Like K-State struggled to rebound because Keontae mm-hmm. was in some foul trouble and they didn't have him on the floor. Mm-hmm. He is going to be a big impact on the rebounding. He is such a strong rebounder. And, and to me, that's that's very key. That, that's an immediate impact. The points are one thing. 12 points a game, that's Incredible. That's awesome. Coming in and be able to do that game after game. But I love the rebounding that comes with that. I think what really stands out to me when you look at Jerome Tang's history as a coach, as an assistant at Baylor, and now what he's accomplishing here, he's definitely laying down the groundwork that this is a place where we're going to develop bigs where we're going to develop guys with some length and size. And he's been able to do that. He can point to that success that they've had at Baylor 
and be able to utilize that when he's recruiting someone and the development stands. Mm -hmm. You've seen it actually occur in what has taken place, and I think that that plays a huge role right now in how he's building this roster. I just shout out to Bosco boys on Twitter. That they're the highlights that they that they shared. Oh boy, this 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 is a bad man. Now this is a, this is a great oh, guy that that fits the things that Drum Tang and this team they want to do. They want to get out and push. And this is a guy after a rebound, he'll outlet to Tyler Perry, mm-hmm. Cam Carter. Mm-hmm. And by the way, guess what? Arthur Klum is going to do after that outlet. He is sprinting up the floor and he's ready to score. And and it, he means business. You know, like he really is going to come down and he's going to embarrass some people and he's going to cause some really really hurt feelings out there and I can't <laughs> wait to be a part of it. I can't wait to like yes. Um I'm also you have a hard time with his name and Arthur Brown. I have a tough time with Tyler Perry and Tyler Perry. I'm going to have a tough time. In spelling with it? Yeah. How to spell Tyler? Because there is a difference oh, in spelling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh. It's tough. <laughs> but this is really shaping up when you really break down the roster. It is. Yeah, yeah. I, I am like so excited. The two guys that get on this roster after, like, this is just gravy at this point. You know what I'm saying? This is, We're playing with house money now. We have. Some age guys, some scores, well, and there's no doubt. Like this team feels like it's you know maybe starting five talent. You know, may, that's actually probably an argument for another day. Mm-hmm. If we're gonna start just talking starting five, because I imagine Kalima will be starting three or four. You know, depends. We'll see what happens there. But depth wise, with the three freshmen coming in, you know, Taj Manning, Drew Colbert will now be playing. Depth-wise, I hope it's a little bit deeper than this previous team because, you know, once you get into Big 12 play and it didn't seem like what we thought was going to be at like nine deep, it turned to more like seven mm-hmm. deep. We talked about that too. Yeah. We, we talked about how sometimes that's the way it goes, but the way it's going right now, the way it's looking for the Cats, we're going to have like 17 guys to throw at you, <laughs> which is fantastic. I am so pumped up. Can't wait to see who they get for uh, the next two. Let's take a break because when we come back, uh, you know, Jerome Tang is not the only guy getting dudes. Huh? Another dude coming to Manhattan. That was announced today. That's next. Back on the game, Mitch Fortner with Troy Coverdale, David G, and Travion Berkland. 785-537-1350 is the phone number to call. We'll get more on uh, Arthur Kaluma coming up in hour number two. Uh, plus number one song of the day and ask us anything special. Number one song of the day today, and sorry for those that are listening on the podcast, you won't get to hear it. Today is our 500th. Number one song of the day. Wow. Is it a good one, too? Uh, You know what? It may depend on who you ask. Oh, boy. I don't know if Travion's looked at it yet. I have not. Mm. But I think that was a fair response. It is different. 
and you may be surprised to hear that it actually w- went number one. I like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's coming up at uh, at 540. DG will have Ask Us Anything for us. Speaking of dudes, we just spent, gosh, 20, 30 minutes talking about a dude that's been added to the K-State men's basketball team. How about the baseball team? Hey-oh. You know, I had Pete Hughes on last week, and, you know, Pete Hughes was just, you know, obviously still upset about the Batcats being left out of the NCAA tournament. And since then, he has been on the phone with all these teams, Power 5, Power 6 teams across the country, Clemson's, those on the East Coast, like, hey, guys, obviously we need to bolster our, bolster our schedule because it wasn't good enough when it comes to the RPI. So, hey, you guys want to do a Tuesday, Wednesday? No, they're all going to say no because they're in a great, when it comes mm-hmm. to regionally, they're in a great RPI spot. K-State is not. Around them just isn't good enough for RPI, and RPI mm. is what left them out of the tournament. It's real ridiculous. It is. However, this is not ridiculous. As a matter of fact, this is uh, very cool. This is very cool. Because watching this guy play, Kateli's pretty talented. Because the Cats had themselves a few struggles this season with old Wichita State. Chuck Ingram, who was an outfielder for Wichita State, played three years with the Shockers, entered the transfer portal. He is now coming to Kansas State. This is a pretty big portal get for for Pete Hughes, in my opinion. He hit 367 last year, on base percentage of 437, which was the second best in the American Athletic Conference. His batting average in conference only play was 416. That was second best in conference play. By the way, the guy ahead of him happened to be the best player in the conference. <laughs> uh, Brock Rodden is, is his name. But Chuck Ingram is is going to be an automatic fit for the lineup because you're going to be losing a couple of outfielders from this year. And he's a versatile outfielder. He can play anywhere in the outfield you need him to. Uh, so there's that. Really strong to the plate. He has hit 26 home runs in his career. And he's also a base dealer. So he does the things that Pete Hughes wanted to see more out of. Better defense and K-State's defense this year, when it comes to a fielding percentage, was second best in program history, was a tenth of percentage off of being the best in program history. Wants to be more aggressive on the base pass. Well, in his career, he's 23 of 28 uh, in stealing bases uh, during his three-year career. He has played in 141 games, most of those that he has started in. He's a former first-team All-American Athletic Conference player. This is a very, very good fit. Very good pickup for for Pete Hughes. I think this is one of the – I mean, if I think over the last couple of years and who's been picked up out of the portal, I mean, I don't know if you can find really anybody that kind of matches up with this kind of player. Nice. As in already established, already experienced, big-time college baseball, and proven himself since day one. You know? That's awesome. Yeah. I have to like Zach Kakoska comes to mind. Like maybe he he maybe can check some of those boxes, but you know I think Chuck Ingram is definitely just from transfer portal hasn't played yet for K State has to be one of the higher up ones in the last hand. It's definitely during the transfer portal era has this one been one of the better names that K State has pulled in. Right on. Yeah, this is by far and away setting a a new level for what. Pete is wanting to do in the offseason. And again, that comes with what already is being lauded as a very outstanding recruiting class coming in. Let's see here. 
Well, Kakoska played just one year of Virginia Tech. Okay, so maybe no, not even Zach Kakoska. I'd have to do some more digging on that, but there's no doubt about it. When it comes to best transfers, transfer portal, play right away guys, Ingram is definitely, I would say, at the top of the list. Nice. All right, take a final break of the first hour. When we come back, if you need a good laugh, I'll give you that laugh next. All right, so to finish up the hour, I want to give you a, a, a decent chuckle. I think you could go from chuckle to a good belly laugh. Smart ass. Uh, it has to do with Frank Clark. Frank Clark, of course, you know, former pass rusher for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now he's a Denver Bronco. That news, what was that, a couple of weeks ago? When last he, week. Last week last when week. he signed with the Denver Broncos. You know, Kansas City, I mean, they brought in Charles Aminahue. You know, he played a couple of years recently with San Francisco at four and a half sacks last year. And by the way, drafted Felix and DK Uzama. Hmm. You have George Karloftis, Mike Dan on the opposite side of the D-line. I think they'll be just fine. And now Frank Clark is going to be in that 3-4 defense. Uh, for the Denver Broncos, but he dropped this line. I think this was at an OTA or like you know post OTA, uh, talking to the media, and he dropped this line that he feels that the Broncos can turn it around in a heartbeat. Mm. Well, overzealous, I think. A I, you know, bit. and it, it, the defense not the issue. It's the offense. I don't think Frank Clark has anything to worry about that defense. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty good defense last year for the Broncos. The offense was a little stinkeroo. The offense was a lot stinkeroo. But <laughs> I try to be polite. Let's be perfectly honest. You also have Sean Payton in as your new head coach, I, I and love, I think that that's a big influencer in Frank Clark's decision. I love his Sean Payton. First thing he was like, "Ain't no other coach coaching Russell Wilson except me." Secondly, this office business, we're done with that. Mm-hmm. He said, Russell, you get paid a lot. Awesome. I'm the head coach. That's how it goes. I really do. I know it's fun. And I know they've been bumbling, stumbling, grumbling for Since a few 50. Years. Yeah. But look out. I really think Sean Payton's a heck Is of a John Elway? Uh, no. No. He ain't John, John, that door. John Elway has been shown the door. He ain't walking through that door no more. I'll well, believe it when I see it. Carl Mecklenburg ain't walking through that. Oh, I, I mean, he he has his free sideline pass, but John Elway is no longer anything connected with the team. I saw uh, NFL Network released like win projections for each team in the AFC West, and there's still a nice gap for the Kansas City Chiefs compared to everybody else. Sure. I think they had Denver around seven or eight wins this upcoming season. Probably not getting to the playoffs. Kansas City's at 11 and a half. And I was like, you know what? I think it's a little low. Oh, yeah. No. That's a little low. It, it, the flaw For there, 17 games? The flaw there is that they're playing the toughest schedule. They're going to wax No, that's it, not the toughest schedule. It's like middle of the pack. No, toughest schedule because they what? were the number one. Look it up. It's not. I, I remember when the schedule came out, it was like 10 to 15. Do you? Even do any it wasn't even the toughest schedule. Oh my god! Honestly, I just saw Frank Clark turn around <laughs> a heartbeat slash Broncos. I was like, "Come on, guy, is this the Twilight Zone?" Hour two of the game coming up next.